0: This is Season 5, Episode 54, Seven Strategies for Reclaiming Your Power Back After a Toxic Relationship.
1: Because I moved in with him in his town, I moved out and then I moved back home. So that was 10 hours away from him Mm -hmm. and I blocked him. I went no contact. I blocked him and then I moved home. So there was no way of him to contact me. See me on the dating apps and he accused me of cheating on him. I was like, Oh yeah. yeah." When did I have time to cheat on you? <laughs> <laughs> when I left that relationship, I got a lot of morning anxiety. So just taking it one day at a time of really loving on yourself. I created a morning routine for myself that really helped me.
0: Our guest, JC Newdorf, is a certified life coach who guides driven women to achieve health. Wellness, happiness, and fulfillment through connecting to themselves. Get ready to reclaim your power back. Learn how to heal after a toxic relationship or narcissistic abuse with these seven strategies to start regaining the strength and autonomy you deserve now. I'm sure we're both in agreement, dear empath, that toxic relationships, especially with a narcissist, can take a toll on your emotional and physical well being. However, it is possible to heal from the negative experiences and begin living an emotionally fulfilling life again. So let's dive into the conversation. Hey, JC, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So you are a life coach, and we're going to be talking about how to regain your power back, which is the slogan of this podcast. So this just is so in line with what we talk about. Before we dive into some of the seven juicy strategies, or maybe we'll do five or eight. It depends on how many things we find. You guys get to wait in suspense to hear. Tell us a bit about your story. How did you become a life coach? Yes, I love this question.
1: So... I think I've always known that I'm a healer and I've always known that I felt a little bit different than other people, if that resonates with you. So I went through a lot of emotional, lack of emotional support and really feeling validated in my human experience. And I just noticed as I went through life how it played a part in my struggles and I felt I was chasing something or I was... Really lacking that achievement aspect. So before I started my healing journey, that's really the pattern that I had in my twenties and early thirties. And so it was when I really started to do more healing work that I noticed a difference. And I went through so many things in my life of really trying to find that thing that was going to make me happy. And I went through. What started
0: the healing journey? What was that one? Oh, actually.
1: (laughs) When I started coaching, actually, like, because I went to school for training, all that stuff. And then I kept going to university and things, but it never, I never, I kept failing at things. I was trying, it just wasn't working. And so then I kind of just gave up on my dream and I was like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. So then I was at a corporate job for about six months. And then once I started unraveling my passion and really, I started off doing fitness coaching. And so when I started doing more of that, that's really when I started the healing, because I remember being in a coaching container of where she asked us what her beliefs are around money or something like that. It was so simple, but I didn't do any healing work. And I was, what is that? (laughs) What is beliefs? What? What are you talking about? (laughs) There's a story behind money and life. (laughs) (laughs) I was just so, I suppressed so many of my emotions and who I was. And I was a very emotional person growing up. So... I was so disconnected from myself and when I started. So that's really when I started. My healing journey was when I started coaching, which was a lot. Because if you know anything about business, there's so much emotional things that come up for you and really stepping into your power. So that's how I started this whole work. And then I went through a lot of healing in my own journey. At first, I started healing my relationship with food and because I was struggling with an eating disorder. And then... I started tapping more into my relationships and then but when i started my healing journey that's actually when i got into the first toxic relationship that i was in so and i knew it was toxic you know when you start healing and you do when we do things and we know that it's toxic versus when we get into a relationship and we don't want them to be toxic but then they end up being toxic i feel like they're very two separate things so
0: you're in denial oh this is fine (laughs) I yeah, you know they're toxic, for your are like, it's okay, I'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> or it's almost the back of your head. You would never say it, but it's, oh, I kind of deserve this, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. This is just how it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Or this or like is just that. how relationships should be.
0: Yeah, right. Especially if abuse was normalized or toxic relationships were normalized as a child. Hmm. So, but when you went into it, how many years into it did you, did you realize that it's toxic, but I'm just going to handle it?
1: Yeah. So I got into that one toxic relationship that, and I knew it was toxic. So we started off being friends. He was going through a lot and I was just, that was my pattern was trying to help people. So we became friends and then we eventually started kind of dating. It was a very on and off situation for two years, but I never told people I was dating him. See, I knew it was toxic because I wouldn't even tell people about him.
0: <laughs> <So you're, laughs> this is my secret side project that I'm dating
1: (laughs) but I'm not going to tell you I'm dating him (laughs) so that went on for about two years okay and then I finally ended things I was in I think I sprained an ankle or something and I realized he was making fun of me or something and I was wait I'm in this much pain I'm going through such a hard time in my life and this is how you treat me but that's Mm -hmm. what I needed to leave that relationship or that situationship whatever you want to call it you were you had sprained an ankle and he kept running no, so I I sprained an ankle, and he wasn't really there for me. He was okay. making fun of me and uh, making it a joke or something. Minimizing and so, your
0: struggle. yeah
1: Yeah, so that's when <laughs> I it woke me up, and that's when I needed to leave. And that was the first real toxic relationship I was in. Mm-hmm. Then I dived more into my healing. I did a lot of journaling. And I remember in that point of my life, I knew I was like, I'm never going to be in a relationship with this again. I'm not doing this again. But then (laughs) two years later, I, but this was different. I didn't really know he was toxic till we ended things. It was at the very end, Mm. but it was a long distance relationship. So we weren't fully together a lot. We would go on trips together or we would just have this fun relationship because I, it was in the moments where I actually spent time with him. That's when I realized, oh, this is not what I want. Mm. So it took a long time for me to realize how toxic this was. It took me moving across into a different province because I'm from Canada, quitting my job, renting up my house, moving everything to be with him, to live with him. That in that that month, I, everything God, that's, that's such a
0: horrible wake up call because because it's easy to sell you when you're not with them, and then they convince mm-hmm. you to. I've, I just I'm bringing that up because it's not the first time I've heard that I sold everything I moved my job I moved everything moved in with him and then it was a nightmare
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I did that but in that month it was a very obviously you're living with somebody that's abusing you that's next level that's really yeah. hard and for anybody listening that's going through that So I knew so much love but it, I needed that to leave and I needed because if If I never moved in with him, maybe I would have never, who knows what awareness I would have around that relationship. So that really helped me to become aware of that relationship and it allowed me to really step into my power. That ending that relationship really helped me. It was the catalyst to my healing journey to a new level. That's where my spiritual awakening began. And I really decided to choose myself at a deeper level and I changed everything in my life from that from ending that relationship so looking back it was it helped me I'm not saying if you ever go through abuse you never chose abuse I don't want you to think that but that experience will lead you to greater things and it will bring you back to yourself and it will help you to feel more connected and confident in yourself
0: Mm, I love that I just have to ask a side note tangent random question when You were at that point and you realized, oh, this really is my catalyst. What was the number one thing that you felt called to do before exiting? Mm -hmm. Okay. I got some work to do. What was the number one priority that felt got to do
1: this to get out of this pattern? Mm. So when I left the, the day that I decided to end the relationship, We got into a really big fight. There was one thing that was the biggest thing for me was he was very insecure about the way I dressed. If I was too much skin or anything of that sort, he would try and tell me what to wear. And (laughs) that was the biggest thing for me that really lit me up because I was like, wait, no, 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 no. (laughs) We're not doing that. (laughs) Yeah. So My body, my clothes. (laughs) (laughs) We got into a fight over that.
0: And Mm -hmm.
1: then I actually, I don't know if you guys have ever done tapping, but I got into a fight with him and I knew, I knew I had to end it, but. EFT tapping? Yeah.
0: yeah, we've talked about on the show.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I, we got into that fight and i and if you've ever been in a toxic relationship, you know, your worthiness is at an all time low when you're constantly being told you're not good enough or you're like, you're not going to leave or all these things. So after the fight, I went to my and shut the door and I did a tapping session on worthiness. And mm-hmm. this gave me that for the fo- first time I felt that in my body. I actually felt worthy. And it was so much different than just doing a meditation, you know, telling you that you're worthy. I actually felt it in my body. And I was, like, wait, I can do this. And that was radiating through my body. And that's what helped me to leave. And I couldn't just not leave. I felt it in in the core of who I was. And that was what helped me. And that was kind of the catalyst of how I got to that next level. And I had this one quote that I always remind myself of. I don't know where it came from. I feel like it was my intuition. But even though it doesn't make sense now, one day it will. And I would say that to myself anytime I was really struggling during the heartache and the, the grieving process. Like even though this doesn't make sense right now, one day it will make sense and everything will make sense of why if I had to go through all of this. So that was like a thing.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, well, I'll reference the EFT tapping. There's probably a couple episodes of what we've done so you can understand what it is. But it's essentially you're tapping on the acupressure points Mm -hmm. as you're going through these different phrases to really... Reinforce and it's almost like rewriting the anxiety and rewriting Mm -hmm. the negative thoughts in your brain, and you tap it through to release it from your body.
1: Mm -hmm. I also do tapping now, that kind of helped me to go (laughs) through that.
0: (laughs) You guide people through through tapping, correct?
1: Yeah, I do. I'm certified in tapping, and I just actually did the challenge too with tapping because it's my favorite thing to do now.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Isn't that also what you're giving us as on the audience as a free thing? Yeah. <laughs> I yes. Okay. Yay. So let's tie that in. She's giving away a free EFT tapping series and challenge So definitely grab that in the link in the show notes. Yeah. It's, it's life changing. You have to be certified in it. If that was such a catalyst for you and your spiritual yeah. growth. Yeah. <laughs> I can't
1: not teach that now. On.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> this was given to you for that very reason. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so now you've done, you've found your power. You found your bravery to get out. I love the quote you just said. So what happened when you were out and you were confused? Did this person try and suck you back into the relationship or did you feel, what what did you feel? And then how did you break through, I guess, not going back if that was the case?
1: Mm. So I was a little bit extreme. But I feel with Nars, you always have to be. Yeah, so because because I moved in with him in his town, yeah. I moved out and then I moved back home. So that was 10 hours away from him. Mm-hmm. And I blocked him. I went no contact. I blocked him and then I moved home. So there was no way of him to contact me. He did email me once, which was weird but i didn't I respond i think Love he you. see me on the dating apps and he accused me of cheating on him i was like oh yeah yeah when that's... did i have time to cheat on you <laughs> <laughs> oh, but
0: well maybe he was cheating on you right they always kind of call themselves out when they blame you for stuff
1: yeah maybe. who knows
0: <laughs> they're just so insecure that's what you're dealing with that was really good you went no contact that's so yeah hard. i'm
1: I don't know. I'm a Capricorn. I'm pretty. Whenever I don't like someone, I just block them. So it was easy for that part was easy, or yeah. pretty easy. That wasn't <laughs> the hard part. But it is weird. As soon as I left that house, that I knew I would never see him again. So that was a lot. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think the the vision I had for myself that's really what helped me to keep going, and <laughs> the feeling worthy and knowing that next that if I do this work if I do this healing then that next relationship will be it right
0: yeah yeah okay so you you said the no contact was not the hard part which I agree with you for me that wasn't the hard part once I was done although I did try and leave seven times so it just everyone's journey is different and this is why we don't judge and this is why we're having all these different conversations what was the difficult part for you? You had mentioned something about your vision. What is Was it your future or what was your the hard part for you?
1: I would say feeling behind. I think that was the big mm-hmm. thing for me. Mm-hmm. I felt because I, I was, you know, this your timeline, our own timeline of where we think we should be at a certain point. Yeah. And I felt I was behind. I felt I wasn't going to be where I want to be at a certain age. And I felt a failure. I felt like I was. It was my ego. I think was the hardest part of what people were thinking of me. Oh, another toxic relationship, yeah. another failed relationship, and my ego because I left town. I left my hometown, and then having to come back and live there again—that was the hard part for me. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, you almost feel a like failure having to move back into your
0: parents' house. I 100% relate to that, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. That's just society's lies, right? The, the programming mm-hmm. that's put in there. But we, we all, we can relate. Absolutely. So what were some of the strategies that helped
1: you push through that and reclaim your power back? So when I started this journey, I made this commitment to myself. So I realized that every time I am choosing somebody else over myself, I'm abandoning myself and so I made this decision and this commitment to fully choose myself and fully choose what I'm going through. So in that moment, that's really what helped me to keep going. So the first thing that I would recommend is to really what's the word that I was like validating your, your experience. Cause when you end a toxic relationship, it's really easy to not validate those feelings because for so long somebody was probably gaslighting you and invalidating what you're going through. And then really going on your own journey of really taking those big leaps and figuring out what things you actually want to be doing for me. Like ending that relationship was a good opportunity for me to really create the life that I wanted and doing things that I really wanted to do because that just woke me up and I figured out that we get to create the life we want. And I knew that started with me and doing the things that I really want to do. So finding ways to find joy and happiness in your life and all of those things are were really important for me. Doing that inner child work, really figuring out what patterns you're creating in these relationships and what you're addicted to. For me, a big part of that was the chaos that I was creating. And I was addicted to that chaos, which is toxic relationships, right? So creating more stillness in your life and nervous system regulation, that was a big one for me. So I started doing breath work, and I just started implementing a lot of healing and I've always a fan of journaling. So I also imp- incorporated that in my life and just really creating my own human experience that I was really loving. And those are the main things that, that I would recommend. Those
0: are amazing. Yeah, I just wrote down five things already. I don't know if you meant to, but we, we're just chugging through these. I wanted to backtrack and go into, you've brought up this toxic relationship. I think it's really important to validate that it's such a, it's such a fine line, isn't it? It's not victim blaming. It is just this taking responsibility, recognizing like, what part did I play in the toxic interaction and how can I remove myself or change the patterns so that the toxic cyclone doesn't repeat and come back into my life? Right. So noticing those patterns. How did you that that seems a really important difficult shadow work? How did you work through that shadow work without getting mad at
1: yourself or getting down on yourself? I think it's important to first validate your feelings and first validate. I don't think it's good to like go into those patterns right after a breakup. I think it's important to first like give yourself that love that you need. Mm. And I would say the patterns is more. After a couple months or a month after, because the first month I feel you should just validate what you're going through and let things come out of you and come through you as they need to mm-hmm. and really just to feel supported and loved in the in that first couple months because that's what you really need. And after a couple months of when you feel ready and not forcing yourself. To, for me, I really took myself on a, a, a healing journey and I really just allow myself to feel supported and I wasn't trying to rush the process and I think because I was in a toxic relationship before it really helped me to know that I was going to be okay and I've done it before type thing so just taking it one day at a time of really loving on yourself I created a morning routine for myself that really helped me because I know when I left that relationship I got a lot of morning anxiety so creating a space to really journal or do breath work or Go for a walk or all those things I really incorporated that really got me out more in a routine and helped me to do the healing work. But I don't want you to rush the feeling of that you're going through. You just really have to take it day by day and allow yourself to go through the process and just keep choosing yourself. Keep showing up for yourself and create these routines and things that help you to feel good. Focus on the things that are really going to help you heal and be your best self. Surround yourself with people that will uplift you and keep you keep you going and bring you back up when you need it and just finding little things in your day that can bring you joy even if that's going for get a coffee or if it's going for a walk or shopping or you know bring in those little things hiking even being outside nature all those things will really help you to feel more confident in yourself and bring you back to who you are
0: yeah i think also as those empaths We are so easily just kind of giving to others, especially Mm. if we've got responsibilities at work or at home or if we're mothers and or fathers. And so you're just giving, giving, and it's not selfish to receive for yourself. Mm. And in that way, yeah, you're going to have your cup full. Yes. And I think a lot of times, too, in that toxic relationship, you're shamed and guilted. For having your needs met, because God forbid, all men have their needs met. <laughs> it's only that one person. And that, that un, uh, untangling the wiring of that programming, you're right, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Just start with the baby steps and then self indulge with the spa day after, you know, as you can start to self indulge more and more and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So inner child work, we talked about that. I typically do a meditation. Do you have other things that help with inner child work?
1: I like the hypnosis of to really connect, visualizing that little girl. I also have actually right at my desk right now, I have a little photo of of the inner child on my desk that I can look at and just really picturing her and even thinking of things that she did. I feel sometimes going through memory lane too of really remembering the things she did or how she felt different qualities about herself that maybe you need to bring out more and I think the but the biggest thing I think is any type of meditation or hypnosis of really connecting yourself to her is the mm-hmm. most powerful yeah
0: yeah it's that connection and building mm-hmm. that relationship for so long have you experienced with some of your clients they have a hard time with that work because I've heard that it's really triggering to go back into your childhood especially if you've been abused as a child or you've neglected your inner child and so your inner child fights back with you. Have you experienced any of that with your clients?
1: Yeah I think it's pretty common to like not want to do that work because sometimes it can bring up bring up a lot or if you have shame for certain things you've done or certain situ- how you've handled yourself as a child I think that too can feel triggering. But you have to remember you weren't made to handle those situations. As a child, you're not supposed to go through those things and you're not equipped with it. As an adult, we have more tools and we have more experiences. But when you're a child, you're just you're innocent. You're you're just going through life and you're meant to play and you're supposed to enjoy life. You're not supposed to go through those really hard times.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that because play is important especially in our society and our world, everything's so fast paced that if you stop and play, you might miss out or you're being flaky or irresponsible, but play is where that joy comes from to have that burst of energy for creativity and for healing. And yeah, joy is what we need in our lives, especially after that toxic person just (laughs) wrecked our joy. Screw that. Let's go play. Let's its a play day, right? Mental health day is a play day absolutely
1: yeah and you think that's what truly matters if we can't play and enjoy our life even if we're not where we desire to be i feel like we're missing out on so much to feel fulfilled in our life to feel fulfilled and to feel happy you need to incorporate those those joyful moments and doing the things that really make you happy
0: yeah and all of this leads back to regaining your power back which seems a little bit odd how is joy and play giving us our power back can you answer that question Mm. <laughs> I th- I that's feel like what the heck? Why are we talking about joy? I want power.
1: <laughs> I think because when we're in our joy, we're not really we're just we're in this autopilot, but in a good way, we're just enjoying life. Mm-hmm. And you know those moments where you're just playing, you're not really thinking about anything, and then all of a sudden you realize that you feel yourself again. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I see it with joy and play—that it really helps you to reclaim your power back is when we just live our life and so much healing works when we're just living our life. There's so much power in, in doing the journaling and the meditations and all that stuff. But there's also so much healing in the experiences we have and living our life. Those are the really the moments when we see our healing working when we're actually able to go through experiences and relationships. That's really when we see how we've changed or how much we've grown.
0: Yeah, that answer. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're in the flow. You are your authentic light shining when you're playing. And that's where your power is, is in your authenticity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being you away from the expectations and the conditioning and the manipulation and the control, all of that is not your authentic self, but yeah, connecting to play in your inner child and joy. I don't know. I just see a light bulb, yeah. a beam of light, and then it shining. That's, that's what I see when you were, you were talking about that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So you got on your feet. You're away from this dude. You went no contact. So I'm so proud of you. What, what else unfolded in your life? Right? What else happened that I guess would be the amazing testimony to go no contact, everybody? So
1: I went on a a pretty crazy journey. So So first I moved home for six months. I lived in a rental that my parents had at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was there for about six months. And then I kind of moved away again. (laughs) But it was with me and my two dogs. I have two bulldogs. Mm -hmm. And I had an opportunity to live in an RV for a couple months. So I decided to do it. Did you but travel? I, you I moved travel? there. I, I filled up my jeep with my dogs, okay. and then me, and my dogs moved into an RV. And I was mm-hmm. nannying. At the time, I wasn't really doing coaching. Okay, I was kind of doing, but I was very all over the place, so I wasn't really doing that. And I did nannying in an RV for two and a half months, and it was on Vancouver Island, if you know where that is. So it's a gorgeous place, ocean, hiking, all the things. That's really what I needed in that stage of my life because I did a bunch of healing, but then I was really ready to explore and live my life. So then I decided to do that. And so I was in that RV for a couple months and then I found a, a one bedroom that I moved in with my dogs. But I really, I was on the island for two and a half years and just living my life. And that was probably the biggest thing. And I did go on I had some crazy dates that I went on and like did all these crazy stuff. After about six months of some deep healing, that's really yeah. when I wanted to incorporate more fun and love and all those things. And but after that, I I didn't do that for very long. I realized how exhausting it is to go on a lot of dates. And <laughs> it I realized like you know sometimes we go on dates to feel good or and just to have that confidence back, which I really needed. Or to speak with other adults. I was talking to
0: somebody who yeah. she's separated from a narcissist. She's a single mom. And I was like, self-care is going out. Don't even look for a man. Just like go out and talk to other adults. Don't even try and date. Just go out, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a good way to meet more people, too, if you move somewhere new. And yeah, I feel like there's so much healing, too, in dating. And I healed a lot of wounds I had, too, through other guys I was dating, too. So that was, it was a very transformational you my life we for feel sure
0: through relationships obviously the the hermit who's all by himself you know making a a volleyball into a what was that guy in the movie his is name is that... volleyball
1: oh right <laughs> oh. wilson
0: yeah so oh, if we're, that... we're all by ourselves with wilson there's really no growth <laughs> you just friends right. you grow through relationships even though they may be painful and you want to avoid them you're spot on yeah.
1: <laughs> we can't avoid relationships forever <laughs>
0: exactly we can't hermit with wilson forever
1: <laughs> which that would be kind of nice you know if we could but
0: oh yeah no my my profile i have hermit in my profile in human design i love hermiting but i do too yeah, you do you are what is your profile i'm six two me too so are step, push pull oh this, yeah for everyone listening two is the hermit and six is the role model so it's literally i'm out here and i'm shining and i'm showing you how to do it and then i'm retreating and hermiting and studying and don't want to go out it's this it's the omnivert. you're an extrovert and you're an
1: introvert mm, that makes totally sense because that's totally definitely good. me i'll go a week or two and just hermit it and everybody's like, oh and then also i pop up again they're like, oh there you are <laughs> like yeah. yeah i'm back <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Where have you
0: been all my life? (laughs) I love it. So we totally went on that tangent. We're talking about, oh, your journey and you went to dating. So this all happened because you went no contact and you moved on from your life with this narcissist. What happened
1: after you did some dating? That's that I kind of pivoted after that. So I went on a lot of dates for, I think, a couple months. But then I realized I was almost... It was good for healing and for that confidence to put myself out there again. But then I realized I wasn't really attracting. They were fun dates, but they weren't people I wanted to date or things I wanted to experience. So then I really kind of took a step back from dating and kind of dig deeper into my own healing journey to really attract better men and better situations. So I dove into just focusing on my friendships and my business. That's when I really started to tap more into the work that I do. And the friendships I was creating and my life and all that kind of stuff. So really just taking that next level of healing through that direction and just focusing on myself and kind of surrendering to the outcome of my my timeline, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Not controlling the timeline, yes. <laughs> That's a big healing lesson, spiritual yeah. lesson in surrendering to the universe.
1: Mm, yes.
0: Yes which I think we all can learn no matter who we are, what journey we're on. You know, we can't control everything. We can only control what we can control.
1: Mm, Yeah, for sure. So what
0: was the last question before we get into you and your work? What was the one pivotal strategy or I can't think of the right word, but maybe that is one pivotal strategy that that came out of your healing journey that allowed you to step into being a
1: role model And a life coach. I would say the biggest thing for me is doing that, the subconscious and the somatic healing. When I started becoming single again, that's really when I tap more into I really got into breath work and subconscious healing of realizing these patterns, as I mentioned before in this podcast. And that's really the pivot. And I really just started feeling more connected to myself, feeling safe in my body. And uncovering all that stuff and all the shadow work that I was experiencing, really diving more into that. And I truly believe those are the things that really helped me t- to step more into my power and really reclaiming the life that I desire.
0: I'm writing that down, safe in my body, reclaiming the life I desire. Are all of you writing that down? And we take a screenshot, even though there's no transcript happening up on your iPad thing, your, your, your phone. That is something that I always go to, the mantra, especially as that role model hermit. It is safe to be in my body. Mm. It's that post-traumatic. It's the narcissist survivor. It's the female in the society. It's the, <clears throat> the witch lineage from the witch trials. It's like all of that compounded, the, the generational trauma. But that one phrase just brings so much power and it erases all of that trauma Mm -hmm. it is safe to be in my body yes yes
1: and feeling to trust in yourself again I think that's a big thing with recovering from a toxic relationship is lots of times we think we can't we're not good at relationships or we can't we're paralyzed by decisions after that because we feel we're not good at making decisions because we went through that experience right so a big part of my healing also was really learning to trust myself again and trusting the decisions I'm making in all aspects of my life. Mm.
0: And how did you trust yourself? Or I hear the word intuition. How did you trust yourself? How did you know it was the right next step?
1: I think it is the little things, doing little things in your li- in your daily life that really help you to create that deeper trust for yourself. Because I don't think we can really go from not, no trust to all of a sudden... Having all this trust, I think it's in those little moments, little decisions we make every day, and noticing when we don't trust ourselves, what triggers come up around that, and what do we think will happen if we make the wrong decision? And we can't screw it up. The worst thing that happens is we make a decision that isn't aligned. And when it comes to relationships, after a toxic relationship, know that if you've done the work and if you're healing, you won't be in the same situation again. The worst thing happens is you get into a toxic relationship again, and you recognize that it's toxic. And after all this work, you aren't attracting those people and you aren't manifesting those people in your life anymore because you recognize. I don't know if you've all been on a healing journey after a toxic relationship, but a guy that you maybe used to find attractive and now you're like, get away from You notice, you just feel different. You are a different, you're a different person because you don't even think of going after those people because you don't you're not even attracted to them they don't feel appealing to you if that makes sense that's for me anyways I realized the men I wanted after were a lot different than my ex which is a good thing (laughs)
0: yeah it's a layer upon layer yeah yeah and the experience will be less it'll be okay it wasn't seven years it was only seven months or Whatever it is, the timeline gets shorter and shorter. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're like, no, not even. Not even going anywhere near that. I just want to add a layer to it. It's also applicable to friends and family members, all relationships. Mm. So even if you don't go out and date again, there's other people that are in your life that you will be, oh, yep, correcting that pattern boundary up.
1: And it just is a different interaction. (laughs) That's true. You change your relationships a lot after any sort of breakup because you're like, okay, I don't want that anymore. After you're like, okay, I love this relationship. I can tidy up the relationships I have and and show up differently in those. <laughs> yes.
0: So tell us more about your your coaching. How did you get into it? You did you Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I'm
1: trying to ask you How did you
0: get into your, your coaching and tell us about your
1: free your freebie more? Yeah, of course. So as I went on this own journey of mine and this healing process of really you on my own spiritual awakening and digging into the subconscious healing, the nervous system regulation, and all the somatic stuff that I did with breath work and just reclaiming my life and taking, that, my, taking my power back, I really started to dive into coaching again. And as I was healing and as I was going through this experience, it just made me realize and it made me feel more connected to my purpose and who I am and what I'm here to do. So I'm somebody that has always kind of known I'm a healer. I'm a very empathetic person and I feel a lot of things. And as I went through this, I dove more into into coaching and really helping others achieve all of this as well. So I used to actually do dating coaching, which I did for a a few months and I ran a, a few programs on that. And then I dove into wanting to help people in all aspects of their health, their wealth, their fulfillment, their purpose. And the basics of what I do is I help people really connect to themselves, feel safe in their body, and really reclaiming their life through that lens. And I take them through my own process of really doing a life audit of what what is coming up for them, what things they want to experience, where they are now, and where they want to be in six months or two a year. And then we dive into the subconscious work and the envisioning of your future and the envisioning where you desire to be and creating a plan that is aligned with you. And so, and then having that accountability and support to achieve that. Nice. Mm -hmm. Amazing.
0: And we'll put the link into her website and the EFT tapping challenge in the link in the show notes below. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here. And where would people like to go
1: to find you? The biggest spots that I hang out are usually Instagram or I have a Facebook community. It's called The Awakened Sisterhood. And that it's also my website that you can join. So oh. I do a lot of trainings and there's just a lot of support and sisterhood inside of there.
0: I love that. Beautiful Awakened Sisterhood. Thank you so much for being here, JC, and sharing your wisdom and experience. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Yeah, absolutely. what an amazing conversation with jc i actually did take note of seven maybe eight points of strategies of how you can gain your power back and heal from toxic people and narcissistic abuse number one is validate your experience self love is key number two is starting with your find ways to find joy starts with you Number three is figure out what are the patterns that you can break. Number four is inner child work and healing. Number five is regulate your nervous system. Number six, relieve anxiety from the manipulation with moving your body. Number seven is subconscious somatic healing, breath work, and to know it is safe to be in your body, you can reclaim the life that you deserve. How do you know you're on the right path? The healing journey is unique to each person and it takes one baby step at a time. The truth about narcissists, journal ritual, EFT tapping, mirror work, connect with your healed ancestor. Ho'oponopono prayer, dealing with difficult people meditation, gratitude journal, and human design 101. These are just some of the few tools that I have included in the empath and narcissist book, a healing guide with spiritual exercises. I am over here on the other side of the deep dark cavern abyss that you're facing right now of the unknown. I'm here waving, cheering you on to take your next right step. To the other side. And one of those steps is to educate yourself and gain all the healing tools that have helped me cross my own bridge to the other side and have a life full of abundance and love and peace away from the narcissist. You can find my book on Amazon and listen on audible today. If you want personal help in gaining clarity, your authentic power back and healing to be rid of the narcissist for good. Join our empath community and receive Sparkle Reminder inspiration every Saturday and strategies to heal from narcissist abuse, plus get your free human design chart summary and free 20-minute support call with me. As soon as you're in, I'll gift you your human design reading with your type, strategy, and inner authority. So join now and get your reading within 24 hours. I'm so grateful for you listening, finding the show, and sharing it with your friends. It would give a great boost in the heart to algorithm to rate and review this podcast. If you are enjoying it, take a screenshot, share it on your socials, share it in a text message to a friend that you know right now needs to be pulled out of the quicksand. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. we're broken it's
1: tragic we're not all elastic but maybe there's magic believe